Hey everyone, it's Eugene here. Listen, we had some major technical issues with last night's show. Uh, started off with uh, Ray and Chris weren't able to get on because their Skype account was acting stupid. And then when Jennifer got on, we got this weird buzzing sound. Uh, and then for whatever reason, I kept dropping off or in and out of the conversation. Uh, everything did eventually get cleared up. Uh, and I did my best to edit the show and try to clean up the audio, but uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. It's going to be a little rough here at the beginning, but as the show goes on, it does get cleaner, it does get better, and all the all the technical issues uh, get resolved. So just a heads up. Hope you enjoy the show. And, and you know, the other thing that I, I feel like I had to say because it's been a while is, who's you? Greedo? Yep. Yeah. I, I forgot that Lou existed until I saw him in the flesh. I have never seen him in the flesh. I don't think he exists. He, he does exist because you know I've I, I've got mo- I've got three people on right now that can attest to him being here. So <laughs> yeah. unless we all hallucinated him at the same time, that would be I awesome. Speaking up this guy to you can fill the void that the Canadians did left when we took off and left Texas. <laughs> oh, Lewis. What's sad is I've known him since I was five, which means I've been hallucinating him for the last 35 years. Maybe he just means imaginary friend. This is starting to make oh, more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure he doesn't disappear like, um, yeah. at Inside Out, what was his name? Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you have to bring yes. that up right now, Eugene? Oh, that is. What the fuck? Oh. By the way, I need to go back and rewatch that movie. That movie is so good. So you does know? he to dust? Like, uh... <laughs> no, don't if, say it. Don't say if it. If anyone in, if anyone on the show slash network would be, bing yeah, bong. he'd be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, Bing Bong. Bing, bing Bong. Bing Bong. <laughs> Man. No, I'm too soon, he's... man. Too soon. Maybe Eugene, it's Eugene's imaginary friend, and we're just all, like, placating him and have yeah. that for a long time. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at this. I see him. He's right there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if Sai was in the chat room, I don't know if anyone else would start it, but I was going to say, if Sai was in the chat room, I can see them going on this long, coming up with this this theory that actually all, all of y'all are just, like, like they don't see y'all, and literally they just tune in every week. To have me like they're watching me go through this psychotic breakdown. You're listening to the Epically Geeky Show, a place for all things geeky. Welcome out to the Epically Geeky Show, episode number 96. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. I was really expecting Ray to jump in and go, uh, I wanted to. I thought about it. Uh, I know, buddy. Um, our opening question for tonight is, uh, if you had to rock a 70s look, which one would you choose? Bell-bell butterfly collar, platform shoes, or track suits? Laney? Choose the three lamest ones. Fuck off. Uh, there's four of them. Which one are you picking? Same again. Track suit, platform Bell shoes. Bell bottoms, platform shoes, or uh, butterfly collar. Okay, let me ask you something. The bell bottoms. 
They're like the cute, like high waisted denim ones. Yes. Picture traditional seventies bell bottoms. Yes. I want to wear those. I want to wear them with a Led Zeppelin T-shirt. Okay, that that's my seventies look. Too much information. All right. Uh... <laughs> Feathered like they're a faucet. I am giving you full seventies realness over here. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, which one are you rocking? I'm gonna go with the shoes. Okay. I, mean, I when the Spice Girls came around and wore those ridiculous platforms, I was all about that life. I know it's a different kind of platform, but like I love those ridiculous tall shoes, and I love shoes. So yeah, we're going with the platforms. Awesome. Uh, Chris, which one are you going with? So when I was in high school, so this is like mid to late 90s, there was a revival of 70s style. So mm-hmm. I actually, we don't quite a few pairs of bell bottoms with a bunch of skater Yeah, jeans. that's right. So I get that. But if I were to do it now, I would just do full bohemian hippie stuff. Like I would just be, I'd look like Stevie Nicks. That's where the bell bottoms come in. Yep. Like when she was like in her boho gypsy thing. Singing Rhiannon on a stage, twirling around with a hat. God bless her. Ray? Track suit! (laughs) Suit. Track suit. Track suit. It doesn't matter what I pick, it's all going to look shit on me because I don't have the frame for it. Put a lot of tightness on it. It's like. The only thing that I would get by on is I would have the 70s muscle car. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I would have that. But what would you be What would you be wearing in the muscle car? <laughs> I think I'd be wearing the bell bottoms. I think I honestly do. Oh, oh God, I think I would be would. wearing the bell bottoms uh, because that's the only thing that I could see myself actually wearing in any of those three choices. And and at least with those... You'd look like Pete from Days of Peace. Exactly. I, I could... I could rock yeah. Okay, can I throw something out there? And Ray, don't get mad at me. Okay. The first thing I thought of when you were saying that was that if we put you in a leader suit, you'd look like Bob from that 70s show. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, he's going to look bad. <laughs> like the track suit with like some gold chain. It's such broad shoulders. And I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like you. None of them are going to look good on me. Um, I honestly said tracksuit. I'm just like whatever. Sure. Sure. I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a reject from Jersey Shore or something. But it's it. Yeah, I because the butterfly collar to me, I like. I mean, I don't try to like show off the chest hair too much, but just having the shirt like white, yeah, just don't even, don't even. Oh, not course, going for that Terry Gibb look. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not doing that. There yeah. are, now, what's funny is we do still have some <laughs> older gentlemen within the district that do, do still like, it's like, wow, you've um, missed a button or two there, dude, because it's a little lower than it should be. But anyway, um, yeah. Your nipple. Dalian looks great, dude. At our uh, Geek Weekend, someone brought up the idea, and I don't remember who it was, uh, that maybe we should do episodes where we talk about pop culture. Was it you? Okay. No? No, okay. it me. No. Uh, where we talk about pop culture through the decades. And I thought, oh, that's actually a really good idea. So that's what we're doing. 
And uh, when I proposed this idea to everyone, the question that I put out there was, what decade do we start in? Now, granted, some of us were born in the late 70s. Eugene. Uh, but we're definitely, well, okay, I was including anyone else who might be on the show, sorry. Um, but it, we're definitely children of the 80s. And it, it's like, <laughs> and that's what we voted on, and I'm really glad we did. Am I, are you not hearing me? Can you hear me? Hello? Barely. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I was saying was, is we, we, we decided to start on the seventies and I'm glad we did because as we started researching, uh, seventies pop culture, it's very apparent that, uh, the seventies is where modern pop culture started. Like that's, that's it. Which part of seventies pop culture would you like to start with? Oh, I'm going to throw comic book ones because I, I think this one's going to be quick and dirty. Oh, yeah, okay. Let's go ahead and start with the fashion then. Um, what? Go ahead and start. <laughs> what? What? Okay. What? Yeah, you go ahead. Brigos, <laughs> Brigos, we could do the comics because that should be pretty quick and dirty. And Eugene literally goes, "Okay, let's start with the fashion." Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I thought he heard it. It kind of ble- okay. No, start with comics. <laughs> You're killing me. Go, goddamn, killing me. Oh, um, if you would please start with the comics. I'm going to get an Ethernet cord and see if I can fix this bullshit. Be right back. Thanks, Dad. I didn't research comics. So I, didn't, I didn't do comics either. All of you, buddy. You went nuts with the research. It's actually really impressive. My, I actually didn't research fashion either, though. So. Uh, the Comic Code uh, Authority had this uh, very strict rule about um, drugs and alcohol cannot be uh, depicted in comics at all. It would not. Uh, the American government approached Stan Lee and said, all right, man, uh, can you can you make a comic where it shows the bad side of drugs? Like if, you know, we could put something that's done on their luck and make it be a villain, whatever. So he ran with that, um, made, a, made a villain, uh, renewed it uh, from the Green Goblin. Um, and he, the Green Goblin had a drug problem. Uh, and the, the CCA, which is the code, uh, code, comic code authority, uh, said, no, we don't agree. Like, you shouldn't be printing this. They printed it anyway. And because of all the good stuff that, or because of the good, um, uh, feedback, feedback that they had from it, they've actually cho- changed the, the code. 1973, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, they changed comics forever when they killed Gwen Stacy. Uh, yes. That was uh, a massive change in the way that comics were written. That was a massive change in how they were perceived by the public. And there was the beginning of the outcry of how, how dare you? That's our, that's our children. Think of the children. Yep. So that was kind of a, a big one. Uh, X-Men got canceled in 1970. And then it came back in 1975. Uh, that was a big, huge change. And then, uh, you know, I had to throw in here that Wolverine was introduced in 1974. So, Bronze Age of comics. Uh, I just thought I'd throw a little couple of tidbits. And thank God for that, because Hugh Jackman got a shirt on. Yeah. Ladies. <laughs> and my favorite comic book, book character started in 1974. Which is? The Punisher. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, yes. Forgot about him. 
Um, Doctor Strange got canceled for a bit in the seventies as well. Of course he did. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um. I yeah, I don't have a lot to really add to the comic stuff. I mean, no, it was just it was the Bronze Age. I, I just threw out some some interesting ones that I thought would uh, like the nineties is where I know right. Yeah, but I just thought it was a couple of interesting little tidbits. And you know, it was the beginning of the Bronze Age. What they discussed. And that's one thing. I mean, you know, even though comic movies, you know, have really taken off in the last, you know, decade, uh, you know, some here and there, of course, before then, but um, you know, comics have been around forever, like forever. And you're right, that was the Bronze Age. So, um, it, it's just one of those things that they just, you know, no matter what, no matter what's going on in the world, they just keep trucking and keep moving forward. So, um, all right, now, now that I've now that I can hear, uh, should we move on to fashion? <laughs> You're okay. all fashion today, bud. Okay, okay. I, I know, right? Um, so uh, the fashion stuff. We we already kind of talked about some of that at the beginning of the show. Um, this was kind of the beginning of the hippie look. Uh, no, a lot it of things... wasn't. The sixties was the beginning of the hippie look when okay. there were actual hippies. The 60s is when the hippie movement started. The look didn't take off till the 70s. I did my research on this. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Uh-huh. I did research. You did not. Anyway. He was uh, there, Lainey. Well, I'm sure he was there. Screw you, Jen. Uh, <laughs> you remember. <laughs> uh, this was also big for the glamour look, uh, pantsuits, and then, of course, disco. Okay, wow. not a fan of disco music. Definitely not a fan of di- of the disco look either. Um, and that was mainly the women. For the men, we had butterfly collars, once again disco, sportswear, and then glam rock. Now, glam rock, I'm like, okay, what exactly is this? Oh, that's that yes. late seventies, early, almost into the early eighties, rose yeah. with. Glam rock music. Yeah. Right. And it's like jeans and shirt and like sometimes wearing a suit. And I'm just like, okay, this isn't too bad. Like I could, that I could handle. But the, when you normally say 70s fashion, normally I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of 70s fashion, actually. I love it. It's something that I really wish I had gotten to be a part of because it's all cute high-waisted jeans, cute graphic t-shirts, short shorts, knee-high socks, fucking bohemian bullshit. I'm into it. I'm all about it. My mom did tell me. So my parents were teenagers in the 70s. Thank you. And um, my mom used to tell me stories about how they used to have to wet their, like soak their jeans to be able to put them on so that they would fit. And yeah, oh my God. Right, like, Right, so yeah, my mom, a lot of bell bottoms, a lot of graphic t-shirts. She was a farm girl, and my dad, and she had a fro because her hair grew out, not down. So she had this red fro, and my dad um, had long, this really awful long hair, like it was feathered the wrong way. It was awful, but he was big into the t-shirts and the bell bottom jeans. That was that was my dad. 
See, my mom had the other kind of 70s girl hair, which was long, straight blonde hair that went past her butt. I can see that. I can oh, see your mom yeah. rocking that. My mom, we've got pictures of her in like her drill team uniform, and her hair is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and then my dad just looked like fucking Chris Christopherson, all unkempt and shaggy. That's what my dad looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That fucking AV nerd bullshit. That was my dad. <laughs> my dad was the uh, the hair combed over you know we had the nice part on the one side that comes over and the butterfly collars and the white ass like yeah he none of this surprises me no and it shouldn't if you know big marv this should not surprise you at all his parents got married in 1974 yep uh-huh his dad wore a powdered blue shit you not suit with hell yeah to their wedding dude my dad wore that to prom with my mom they fucking matched. Yeah. That's awesome. His mom at um, the wedding dress has the big bell sleeves. Oh, yeah. And it's all, it, oh, it's so 70s. It's beautiful. She looks so I love it. That's awesome. Anything else we want to mention about the fashion? Um fucking graphic tees back then were everything. Yes. Women had a lot more choice, though, too. Like, it was it was sort of... Wasn't it the end? Not the end, but women's lib was happening in the 60s, and so it was... We could wear whatever we wanted to wear. Fashion just exploded for women. You could wear whatever you want. Show as much skin as you want. Well, in this decade, too, was really the start of, like leisure wear because that's the thing is it wasn't you didn't have to get as dressed to go places as you used to and so you had t-shirt jeans and shorts and fucking track suits and leisure suits for men like you had a little bit more like casual options than you did in the 50s and 60s for sure oh yeah because the 60s was still a little bit of the I mean, we started getting that split, but for the most part, it was like, all right, it's going to work. Time to put on the suit and the yeah. hat. Mm. Unless you, six in the 60s, if you were a wife at home, you still got dressed to go to the grocery store. Unless you were at Berkeley protesting, you still basically wore, like, fucking... Time to go to the grocery store, put on the pearls. Yeah. Nope. I mean, yeah. really and truly, like, I talked to my grandparents and stuff about that, because that was around the time that, like, they were, like, my grandmother was, like, a young mom. Yeah. yeah, and she was like, yeah, you know, you'd get, you'd have to put on, like, actual clothes. Like, when you watch, like, Bewitch, that's very realistic, you know, it's well, my, other than the magical powers, but. Yeah, my Nana did, because my Nana was a um, military wife, so for her, she always would look not, like, she always got dressed up, but my granny was a farm wife, so she was mostly in hay and cow poop, so. A lot of cow poop. A lot of cow poop. So if she went out to do groceries, it was she's going to the farm club. Like everybody, very rural, so it wasn't a big deal. She didn't get dressed up. But my nana always she never owned a pair of socks. That woman always stockings. <laughs> That's what my yeah. dad's mom was. She fucking she had she worked in like a lawyer's office in like in northeast Texas and just fucking to the nines every single day. Stockings, 
beautiful jewel, hair. like the whole night. Yeah, hair yeah. always done. If there was a hat involved, that hat was on the fucking Oh, yes, bitch. Ryan in the chat brings up the um, rainbow suspenders. That's not actually a thing that people wore on a regular basis. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I've seen quite a few pictures. So. So But, uh. Fashion from the mid 90s when we were in high school. So much. I look at pictures. Yeah. I had the long 70s hair. Mm-hmm. Put it in the middle. Nice. I had that. Yeah. I had. <laughs> 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 it was um, to split, although it was the undercut. It was the so undercut, so that's good. A little, a little twist on it. A little grunge. Better than a, a hail Caesar cut. <laughs> uh, the, okay, so I, I'm like, should we go ahead and hit like the three big ones? But I'm like, no, let's, let's talk about some of the other small ones before we get to the big ones. Uh, toys. Toys yes. in the 70s. Uh, toys is where Nerf came about. And I'm like, wow, Nerf has been around that long. Yeah. So, of course, back then a lot of it was, you know, the footballs and stuff. And, and, you know, but, you know, that's when the Nerf Blaster first started coming out. That was really cool. Uh, Stretch Armstrong, which. You know, that's been around forever. Did they, did anyone here have an, a Stretch Armstrong? I never did. I didn't, but my cousin did, and I played with it. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think you did. No, I, I had so many figurines, I had no idea. Um, Magna Doodle came out at this time, which, you know, that's still a thing. Yep. Uh, Micronauts, which is basically the precursor to Transformers. Um, and then, of course, uh, the, the the two big things the seventies are known for toy wise, um, the pet rock, which I mean we've already discussed this on a previous show, stupidest ever, but genius, no, absolutely, absolutely, uh, and then of course uh, the thing that changed toys forever, Star Wars, because up to that point. Why would you make toys for a movie? A movie goes into the theater, it's there for a couple of months, it's gone. Kids aren't going to buy toys without a movie. Uh-oh. If someone moves, the sound back. Okay, wait a minute, there it goes. Okay. Um, but yeah, so t- Star Wars toys. Uh, what time this happens so that we can make edit notes? Like- I wish I could. I'm, I'm just going to have to figure it out. Or make a really long apology at the beginning of the episode. By the way, everyone, if you're listening to this on headphones... <laughs> Sorry. Just be aware. Um, but no, uh, so Star Wars toys literally changed the game because that's when they figured out, oh, hey, we can make toys for movies, and that's a thing. That's when they sold an empty box with the problems. <laughs> the empty <laughs> box. Forever. That's right. Which is still awesome. Still <laughs> wish I could get a hold of one. Well, that would have been awesome. My parents would. No. <laughs> so I, w- I was reading that this was like also the advent of the electronic toys, the, you mm-hmm. know, lights and all that. Um, and also when they started really cracking down on like violence on, you know, the, the type. I, I don't know. That seems weird to me because like you start getting weapons, but I guess like they started having more restrictions on that according to what I was reading. So, yeah, 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 there are there were some restrictions, but they didn't really get heavy until later on. Like, till the 90s. The 90s is when it was like, alright, hey, listen. <laughs> you can... You, thou shalt not make a toy gun that looks like a gun. Yeah. 
So, uh, but no, you are right, and that leads into the next topic that I wanted to bring up, which was the technology. And yes, I didn't know where to put this, whether to put it in toys or tech. I put it under tech, but um, that's why we got things like Simon, which is still a thing, um, and uh, the speak and spell, which I had a speak and spell as a kid, and I loved that thing. I think part of it's because I loved ET so much, but yeah, speak and spell was the jam. I didn't know what a speak and spell was until I saw Toy Story. Really? Yeah. Well, because that wasn't my parents were teenagers in the seventies, you know. My so I didn't ever really grow up hearing about toys. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching Toy Story. I think with my dad and asking him like why the thing was like talking like that, and he was he had explained it to me that it was a speak and spell, and this is what you used to do, and so I because I didn't know, but yeah. I thought that was funny. I don't even know if I know what you're talking about, so. Google. It's pretty funny. One up on me. It's what, orange or reddish color? You know, I'm horrible with colors. Yeah, it's like brown. Yeah, it's like a reddish color. It yeah. has, like, yellow buttons. Yeah, it's, yellow it's, handle. I'll have to find a picture and show it to you. But anyway, yeah, and you could, and you could slowly but surely type in words into the thing and then, like, press a button and it would say it. And it said it in this very electronic voice. And everybody always did the cuss words. (laughs) Yeah. I had one that would giggle. Really? That's awesome. Every time you try to see, because I was mature, you you start knowing all these swear words and you figure out how to spell them, you're like, woohoo! Yep. And then it would giggle and not say it. (laughs) Um, This was also the time that Pong came about, and this was the, this is when the Atari 2600 came out. Yeah, I thought it was and then the rise of the arcades. Like, this is when arcades started being a thing. Um, and what's funny is, you know, I, of course, I didn't go to arcades until, you know, the 80s when I was a kid. But to me, the idea that, you know, but, I mean, some of those arcade cabinets have been around forever. Granted, they were much more simplistic, like Pong, okay? You know, to me, the, the it didn't really get going until you got things like um, Space Invaders and and uh, and uh, Pac-Man. But... You know, arcades were a thing. Like, that was a thing that people went and did. And So, uh, speaking of technology, uh, pocket calculators introduced in public in 1973. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1971, Apple, or sorry, 1977, Apple II was introduced. And mm-hmm. uh, in 1975, of course, uh, Microsoft uh, was founded. Yep. That was pretty cool. Uh, speaking of the 70s and technology, one that hit home for me was Three Mile Island. Um, oh, yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, yeah, that changed a lot of stuff. I'll bet. Uh, so Three Mile Island, there's always a really interesting story uh, and in how uh, INPO started. So that's the um, International Nuclear Protection. Uh, I don't Anyway, info is what it goes by. Anyway, so the beginning of that was um, a nuclear plant over in California had a very similar issue not very uh, long before the one that happened on Fremont Island. And there was a guy that was getting on a plane, uh, heard about what happened, and he, because he boarded the plane, as he was hearing the news, he couldn't make a phone call to tell them what was wrong. He already knew what was wrong. He knew how to fix it. But he couldn't get a hold of them on how to fix it. So when the plane finally landed, he's able to make a couple of calls, and finally they get the information. And oh yeah, there was one valve that was stuck open, 
And the indication was that it was closed in the control room. That's what caused Three Mile Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's how we got this whole industry of, okay, we need to start sharing this. This They call it OPEX. It's operating experience. And, and Three Mile Island started that. And then Chernobyl started Wayno, which is the world's uh, authorized nuclear uh, operators. So that was around the world that that became uh, a big thing. But yeah, that's through through my island changed my world forever because of the whole nuclear accident stuff. So yeah, yeah I bet it did. Um, you brought up the the Apple II. Um, I have I, when I was in elementary school. That's what we had in, in the school were, were Apple II, Apple II E's. Never forgot. I had one teacher in particular that had the, uh, had some of the five and a half inch floppies posted up on the wall that were ripped apart. And it was like, remember when the light's on, don't eject the disc because it will rip it apart. <laughs> um, but that was also the time of like the, uh, the Commodore, the TRS 80, aka the, the trash 80. Um, and uh, something that ended up screwing with uh, consumers for decades to come. We had our first uh, uh, media format wars. This is the start of VHS versus Betamax. What's funny is, is I have a new partner at work, and I was uh, I, I have this collection of stuff that I've always wanted to do a bulletin board somewhere, like in a classroom or, or in a lab or something, showing the uh, the progression of technology. You know how it keeps getting smaller and smaller. So I've got like records. I've got a um, uh, an eight track cassette CD. You know, and and all the different formats going eventually to you know being like on a phone or whatever. And uh, I have uh, a VHS tape. It's actually for Jurassic Part Two, I believe. But I also have an unopened uh, blank Betamax cassette. And the only reason I have that. It's because Lainey's grandparents still have a working Betamax player in their house. <laughs> yep. That's amazing. We just got rid of a little while ago. I held on to it for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, but it was a Betamax land for time. Really? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's like this. Oh, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we got rid of it. But yeah, we had that one. Well, nobody has any Betamaxes except for Lainey's grandparents. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I remember going to um, this is well before Blockbuster, but I remember going to the the movie store, and it was a clear split. Like this wall on this side of the building was VHS, and this wall on the other side was Betamax. And as time went by, I noticed that the Betamax wall kept getting smaller and smaller, <laughs> and the VHS kept creeping around yep. there. And yeah. And, so. and you can thank the porn industry. <laughs> I don't remember a time before uh, Blockbuster. So there you go. Okay. Sorry. It was, a, it was an interesting time of lots of different, like, uh, like most of the places would have, like, they'd have the the box for the movie sitting up there, and they had, like, this uh, magnetic strip that ran across the front of it, and there was, like, a little chip in front of it, and if the chip was there, they had the movie. It was just weird stuff, man. So, um, you know, back in my day. Um, I know, Grandpa. It's okay. Screw you. All right, so uh, let's let's move on to the big three. Uh, should we... Did we mention that Sony Walkman was introduced in the 70s as well? Oh, it oh, was. Oh, that'd be something good. Yeah. I had one. That was the beginning of the iPod. Yeah, I'm almost 
100% certain that my dad had a Walkman because my dad was very into any kind of musical equipment he can get his hands on. He worked at like a, not a record shop, but like a stereo shop in mm-hmm. his town. So I'm pretty sure he had one and I just looked like a fucking Muppet walking around all tall and lanky with his shaggy hair and his fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My dad had a yellow one and the premium copy got to go on jogs. And I remember a couple of times I'd be riding my bike beside him as he's jogging and he's That's got right. Because yeah. the 70s was also the start of people actually giving a shit about their health and going jogging. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad was a cop. He had to run. He had to They didn't want to. Because once they got on the force, that's when their health sort of started. Well, not they, only that, though, but they, they, they would have to do it. testing once in a while. Yeah. And my dad would only start running when he knew testing was coming. Yeah, so. same with my dad. <laughs> yeah. What's it? <laughs> All I gotta do is switch out. Uh, Ryan brings up the seventies was also the birth of the BMX bike, mm-hmm. and um, and Joker's Wild just mentions the laser disc. Technically, laser disc did premiere, I believe, in seventy nine. Is what I read. Like it was at the very end. I have one. I, like I said, I've been I've managed to. The reason why I have part of this collection is because I've worked at lots of different schools that have been open for 50 plus years. And I have been there at the right time when a person who works in the library or myself that have gone in and become the new campus tech have gone through and was like, there's a lot of junk in here. I should clear some of this stuff out and be like, wow, there's stuff in here from decades ago. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, LaserDisc. I remember, I thought LaserDisc was the junk back in the day. That was like, huh. junk. yeah. Um, Show my age here. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to the big three. Should we hit uh, movies, TV, or music first? Yeah, you want to run through music real quick? Sure, let's hit music. Showtime. Go, Lainey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the 19th. First of all, if you would like a comprehensive rundown of music in the 70s, you should go check out our uh, Decades of Dummy series over at Epic Rhythm and Brews because we did a two-parter on the 70s, and it was fantastic. So... Um, but the seventies saw obviously disco. Disco was like the was kind of like the boy bands of the seventies. Yeah. It's this thing that came through, caught everybody by storm, and everybody start well, almost everybody. It was music for the masses. Everybody really liked it. Everybody enjoyed not everybody, but everybody really enjoyed it. You could go out like even tiny little towns had like discos and shit set up and like gymnasiums in the local high schools. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, so you saw the rise of people like, you know, ABBA and the Bee Gees and shit like that. And you had movies too, like Saturday Night Fever, which really helped propel that. Mm-hmm. What? Then you had the other side. Then you had the good side. The so The sex Fucking Yeah, dude, we got punk rock in the fucking 70s with the fucking Ramones. We're so lucky. Oh, my God. Can you imagine life without punk rock? It would be horrible. You get a lot of, like, harder metal fucking Zeppelin. Where would we be? Where would I be? Really? <laughs> um, we got plans. Yeah. My parents were, they had very different um, music staff. My mom was very much into Motown and R&B and punk. Mine too. So I listened to a lot of the Supremes and Earth, Wind and & Fire and 
uh, the Jackson Five and Michael Jackson. And then my dad, it was Van Morrison, Blood Zeppelin, Aerosmith, uh, Alice Cooper. He loved uh, Iron Maiden. Black Sabbath on there too. Black Sabbath, big Aussie fan. He loved Black Sabbath. This is good. That was the only thing that he liked that I could actually admit to. So he liked Jackson. Can't leave out Queen. Queen, oh, yeah. Queen. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. Again, where would we be in this world without Freddie Mercury? I just, I don't even want to think about it. You had like the glam rock with like Bowie and oh god, just a perfect little alien that was not meant for this world. But you know, um, you had a lot of that really intense rock and roll that kind of grew and evolved through the 60s and with everything happening in the 60s and then you also got a lot of bands that were really inspired by bands from the 50s and 60s and kind of honed what they were doing but the cool thing about the fucking 70s is that there was still so much that no one had ever heard before which is amazing you had a lot of folk music that came that was really big I mean Fleetwood Mac just oh so much good stuff and listening to music was a little bit, you know, the radio, I feel like the radio really took off almost in the 70s, like, fucking. It started in the, like, really with the 50s when, like, before music died with the Yes. Like, Like, it was, you know, you had Buddy Holly, the big bop, you had Ricky Valen on the radio, and it sort of started. Yes. Something. I see what you're saying, Lainey. I think, I think this is the start of personal music, like, this yes. is when it was okay and the technology was there that it wasn't just like, oh, we've got the radio, we've got the one radio in the house to play in the 50s and 60s. Now it's, I have a radio that's in my room and I have these, they're huge, but I've got these big fucking headphones on and I yeah. can listen to my music. And there's so. more radio stations out there, like a, having an actual rock station is a much bigger thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... Yes. Pirate radio. Pirate radio. As well, yes, right? pirate radio. Oh my gosh. That was also a great movie. Yeah. Also, fantastic. Bill Nye Rock's great movie. Fantastic movie with some really good music in there, too. Oh my more, more late 60s, but still fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, we just we got really, really lucky. In North America, we had just fucking all kinds of cool shit, man. Fucking Kiss. Well, Kiss was a thing. Ted Nugent was a thing back when Ted Nugent was so palatable. Um, got shit like ACDC, Arena Rock became a bigger thing, fucking mm-hmm. sticks, oh, yeah, Rush. <laughs> so for us Canadians, it was the guess who, Rush. Rush. Um, oh, don't even get me started on Rush. Yeah. Oh, I hate Rush. Some of the ones that... I don't like Rush either, but they're huge in Canada. Some of the ones <laughs> I, see, I have listed here, uh, Zeppelin, of course, Queen, Kiss, Aerosmith, The Eagles, Dylan, uh, New Wave, The Cars, Go-Go's, B-52s, that was a new sound that was coming out at the time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan List, Kiss, UFO, Rush, ACDC, Van Halen. Boston. Uh, yeah. What about Boston. R&B and Soul and... Yes, you like, have... Um, that got started in the 70s, right? Like, Well, like out. R&B and all that Motown kind of stuff got it started in the 60s, but it kind of like it got, got owned, bigger, I guess. You had like Stevie Wonder and Earth, Wind, Fire, like Chris said. Um... And then you had, do what? Al Green. Oh God, yes, Al Green. Fuck yes. Oh my God. Di- uh, Donna Summers. Donna Summer, yes. Diana Ross had a huge Diana career. Ross too. Diana Ross was, was never stopped. Tina Turner. Yeah. I can Tina Turner. 
Oh my gosh. So and then, like the rise of I mean you even had fucking Bob Dylan and like Linda Ronstadt and Louis Harris and shit like fucking it up in the country world, you know. Joni Mitchell? No, she was more Joni. Joni Mitchell was more sixties. She still had a career in the seventies, but she was not quite as on the map. She is one of my personal heroes, so she wasn't quite as on the map when the sixties, when the folk, like when the Laurel Canyon folk sound of the sixties kind of died out. She kind of went back to the background. She didn't stop making music. It just wasn't as popular. So what were you saying about how people say, oh, music today sucks and everything, but you heard something or read something that said actually music today really isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah, no, uh, so this guy actually broke down, I can't remember which you, I'll have to find it and send him the back channel some point. Uh, it was really interesting. So he said um, they, they did a stylistic, uh, and they broke down all of the different types of music and then they broke it down from the 70s and, and, you know, that rock era. And then they compared it to the 90s and the, and the 2000s. And what they were saying is, is um, the only, like, the really popular stuff is written by a few writers now. So you have a very similar stylistic um, yeah, style of, <laughs> of, of music. Uh, the other interesting thing that he said was... Um, now that we're compressing everything and now that what we do is we actually uh, we lower the quality so that it can fit into smaller and smaller bites, um, you're losing a lot of that tone and a lot of that, uh, re- like, the warmth of the music. And Purpose. So, sorry? Purpose, meaning, <laughs> Well, you are, and you're losing a lot of that. And so they actually were able to... to compare the, the different notes and they were able to compare the sound quality of a record and of, of uh, the way that we recorded music back then and then compare it to now and we are losing that because it's all digital and it's all compacted. Now, the digital era is, is getting better in the way that they're able to uh, get true sound waves, but again, once you compress it so it comes into an MP3 and you can play it on your iPod or your, you know, your phone or whatever... It's, it takes up so much less space and you are losing quite a bit of that quality. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was really interesting. I'll try and find the breakdown because I think Eugene well, really appreciates it. And the way that music is consumed has changed the way too that they make it. I mean, nothing is meant to be consumed as like a whole piece of art. It's just like little singles. That's not to say that there's not artists out there that aren't trying to go against that. I can think of there, there are top of my head that are really working hard to combat that. But truly, I mean, it's yeah. it's a totally different thing. So also, do what, right? Sorry, I, I was just going to say a couple things uh, on the music front, uh, newsworthy anyway, in the 70s was the Beatles broke up in 1970, April 1970. People don't realize the Beatles only had a decade-long career. Yeah. Literally, 60 to 70. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So yeah, they called it quits. And then, uh, where did I put oh, that? Yeah, Elvis passed away 16th of August, 1977. So. Yeah. I would be remiss if I did not mention Sly and the Family Stone. Ah, yes. Dude, if you don't know anything about uh, Sly Stone, go fucking look it up. He's a goddamn maverick. He was doing all kinds of crazy shit in a time where he was really, like, pushing boundaries. And has a voice that will just soothe the shit right out of you. But, um... Commodores, um, fucking Three Dog Knights, uh, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Harvey Weinstein. 
Oh gonna... man, the Temptations. Like we had a lot of. It's like still like with R and B and 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 funk and everything. We got funk music, just fucking George Clinton. We were so lucky. Wow. We wow. really were. We were so lucky to get what we got out of the seventies. Music today would not nearly be what it was if it were not for so many of the artists that we had in the seventies. Really and truly, I'm a firm believer in that. And that is why it is actually my favorite era of music. And I'm sure that doesn't have anything to do with having parents that were teenagers in the 70s and used to listen to that shit, but... Oh, it has nothing to do with that. Eh? Nothing. <laughs> so, what is your... This is crossing over to movies a little bit, but what is your opinion of ABBA and the Mamma Mia sequel coming out? I mean... ABBA Not based is, in the 70s, but the music is kind of, I have, you know. That, for me, is just like, let's fucking reach for a fucking, you know, whatever we can and try to make it some extra money off of this franchise. It's just ridiculous. I agree, but I'm also kind of excited to see it. So oh, I'm 100% going to go see gonna it. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. a musical and it's ABBA and it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, but, I mean, but definitely yeah, the, all they're doing now is making sequels or redoing old movies. Yes, yeah. Mamma Mia wasn't set in the 70s. No, the music but though, career, I guess, was. Right. The mom, yeah, so. Yeah, but so no, she was I, this, yeah. It's ABBA. Everybody fucking loves ABBA. You can do all kinds of shit with ABBA, so go for it. Even I love ABBA. I love ABBA for what they are. My dad always taught me that you can't have truly brilliant, amazing music if you don't have some palatable shit for people, too. And there's a lot to be found in all of that, so it's okay to, mm-hmm. to like that and also like something bigger and deeper. So, so listen to your shit. Say- okay. I was just going to say 40 years later and, you know, a lot of the music is uh, not only still relevant, but, um, you know, freaking, you know, uh, Marvel has made two movies where the entire soundtrack is pretty much just, hey, let's go grab 70 stuff. And of course, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is a fucking awesome song. When did this get? Wow, this is 40 years old. Doesn't matter. And can still we talk awesome. about the fact that they made an entire soundtrack out of easy listening shit from that era? Not even good stuff bullshit radio tracks and people fucking ate it up doesn't take much really doesn't so uh and then the other thing i was going to bring out movie wise is uh you know you uh jen you brought up the the mama mia sequel i was going to bring up the fact that they're doing you know uh uh, something that uh, the internet really took off after was uh this documentary coming out uh this fall bohemian rhapsody because you know Uh, yeah. Documentary or is it a biopic? Biopic. It's a biopic. So. Different. Oh, if you're interested, by the way, let me look up. There's a name of a documentary that I'm going to recommend if you're interested, by the way, in like the production and stuff that went into the music from the 60s and 70s. I have to look it up, but I'll mention it at the end of the show. Okay. Um, so with that, I guess we'll, we'll wrap up music and we'll hit the last two big things, which are normally known for, for pop culture. And that is, um, I guess let's start with movies. Um, you want to start with movies? Yeah, let's start. We'll start with movies. Um, okay. so, um, Bond at this point is Bond is already a thing in the sixties, but Bond in the seventies is when we get, you know, uh, we get, we get the switch over. We get, wow, we've got a different guy playing Bond now. Um, in the 70s? Do what? Is it Sean Connery? Sean, was no. in the 60s. Sean Connery did his last one in the early 70s and Dalton picked up after him. Oh, that's <clears throat> yep. 
Uh, oh, but, don't be that way. Um, so got this, like, didn't we? we? We got the two Bond movies that were made by different companies, and they fought, and like there was a whole shit ton of, that happened in the 70s with this. Yes, that that by itself is crazy. Um, but Bond is a, like, the entire decade of the 70s, we got Bond movies. That was a consistent thing. Um, another thing that I was looking up was... Um, Every so often we go through this era in, in, in movies where it's like, oh, hey, we found something. Let's find other things like it and make movies off of it. And I remember a while back, uh, not too long ago, there was a big thing with disaster movies. And I didn't even think about it until I started reading this article. Yeah, that's just a re pulling that up back from the 70s. Now, they did a little different in the 70s because it started off with the Poseidon Adventure. Have any of y'all seen the Poseidon Adventure? No, but I've been on the attraction at Universal Studios. Um, a long time ago, I saw it, and then they remade it, right? Recently. Yeah, and then, oh yeah, they yeah. Um, Beside Adventure did really well. Now, granted, when I say really well, I mean it made a lot of money, but it wasn't like this is still before the blockbuster came about. Um, and so they, then they did the Towering Inferno. Have any of y'all seen that? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of it. Um, and then they did Earthquake. So at this point, it's like, how can we make it bigger and bigger and bigger? And of course. The problem with that is, is, you know, the money has to become exponentially bigger. Um, but yeah, so like disaster movies, there was a whole run of disaster movies back in the seventies. And then of course, like what late nineties, we did that again. We had earthquakes and volcanoes and tornadoes and freaking anything you can think of, you know, ice age. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> That was a bit of a disaster movie. I didn't. God damn it, anyway. Ray. Um, <laughs> and then we got some. We got these. Uh, we got these big. Uh, we got some really big movies that came out that have you know changed everything. Uh, freaking uh, the Godfather. Yep. The Godfather changed cinema. Um, My yeah, world this. changed when I saw that for the first time. And fun fact: I actually watched that movie for the very first time with Eugene. What's interesting, and I've I've heard this multiple ways. I have heard that um, the the modern idea of a gangster not only started with that movie, but it was so influential. Like actual gangsters were like, "Oh, this is how we're supposed to be," and mm-hmm. literally took it to heart. Um, taxi driver, yeah, fucked up people. This is this is a time of experimental cinema. Like used to science fiction movies were like. Let's film giant bugs in front of a, like a miniature thing and make it look like it's, you know, that's the type of, and then it was musicals, 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 musicals. And in the seventies, all of a sudden we're like, Hey, maybe we should put a story in here. What kind of story <laughs> should we do? Let's just throw up the most fucked up thing we can think of. And, um, Rocky. Orange is one that, that really tested the balance. Which one? Clockwork Orange. Oh my! Yes. Oh, yeah, Stanley Kubrick. That was on my list. Yeah. Like Stanley Kubrick in general was like, I mean, that's the seventies right there. Also, um, I'm not a fan of the Clockwork Orange because the original book. Um, I've never seen it. Anthony Burgess has said multiple times that he is not, who's the author of the book, has said multiple times that he is not a fan of Kubrick's adaptation because he does not use the actual original book. He uses the American adaptation, which takes out a whole chapter. Etc. Etc. So, Speaking most of- people don't like Kubrick's interpretations. That includes Stephen King. Uh, yeah. Speaking of weird fucking movies that came out in the seventies, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Y'all. Yes. So me and the kids watched that. 
Totally. Really? How did it fly? Not good. I don't remember mo okay apparently all i remember is <laughs> let your kids watch that happened in i was at work he was at work couldn't <laughs> stop me and so i did i all i remembered was the time where i'm like oh it's just this weird goofy movie and then the more i got into it i'm like i'm a poor parent i'm awful i'm but now we have to watch the end of it i can't logan's 12 she asked to watch it she so asked to watch right. it i'm like yeah sure whatever no well, the ending really doesn't give you any closure anyways because there's oh. no fucking point to the whole movie no. And it, it blows my mind that it still has such a cult following. Yeah. It blows my mind, too. I, I was in the shadow cast, okay, at a, at a local theater for it, and I still don't get it. Like, no, I did no. it because it was fun and it was music, but yeah, I I've Tim never Curry. understood the obsession with that movie. No, I loved Tim Curry, and I kept telling the kids, I'm like, it's it's Hexes from Ferngully. Remember the guy from Home yeah. Alone? Tim- show him Muppet Treasure Island and be done with yeah. it. It's- yeah. But it's, isn't that the longest running movie in theaters like ever? I'm I think I heard that somewhere. Like it's still in theaters and it I never stopped it going. Yeah. Like it never had a break. It's constantly been in a theater somewhere. Uh, kind of I, going along with Rocky Horror. Not really, but kind of. It, it's easy enough Rocky? that I can slip this in. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually going to skip Rocky and bring up what um, what uh, Ryan brought up in the uh, in the chat room. Uh, the seventies is also the time when uh, porn became like mainstream. Like it wasn't that there were um, there were porns that like they were reporting about it on the news, and like it became a you know what Debbie maybe it's okay Dallas. to actually go watch this. Yeah, stuff. Debbie does Dallas. What's the big one that everyone? Deep Throat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Debbie does Dallas. People went and saw that in their local theaters. Exactly. That's what's There's that's whole, when this became a thing. We got onto Deep Throat. Yeah, that was the, the beginning of porn mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Um, but back what I was saying, Rocky, for example, like, I mean, we're getting a, a second. Now, I still have not seen Creed, and I understand Creed is a great movie. But yeah. we're getting a sequel to a movie that originally came out in 1970, technically. And, uh, yes, the other sequels of Rocky are over the top and goofy and everything else, but that first movie is just... Is there, cause that's, and what's funny is that scene where he does that heartfelt, you know, just, he just lays it out there where he, you know, what he won an award for. Uh, they originally wanted to cut it. They were like, no, we don't have enough time for it. He's like, give me, give me one shot. Give me one shot. And he lays it out there and they're like, all right, we'll keep it for the movie. And it turned out to be one of the best fucking scenes he's ever done in his life. <laughs> um, but this was also the rise of the slasher movie. We got Halloween. Can you imagine? It is. It is the year 2018, and some of the, my opinion, some of the best horror movies ever made came out in the 70s. The Exorcist, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can I say, I I fucking hate horror movies. I really do. I don't like horror movies. I love some of these ones that came out of the 70s. I have seen The Exorcist quite a few times, and I loved it. It scares the shit out of me, but I love it. Can't watch it. Also, I go and like look up some of the stuff that they do in that movie to make it scarier. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Carrie, Carrie's a great movie. Yep. Amityville Horror. Amityville. Oh Horror. yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many great. The Halloween came out in the 70s. Like, there's a ton of really good slasher movies. So that was like the thing. It's like slasher movies would come out. You take your date to the drive-in. Yep. It was the yeah. thing. Or some of my parents told me. You do the old 
So, oh, it's okay. Don't be scared. Slide your arm down. <laughs> that being said, my parents always tell me about the movie that they saw on their first date, which was American Graffiti. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And cool. that movie almost didn't happen. Like, Oh, yeah. We learned in the Star Wars book that like, George Lucas had to really fight for that thing to ever see the light yes, of day, and then it did. was a huge hit. It was really good to me. And then, like he's, and then, like he said, his his baby was held hostage for molt for years by different, yeah, yeah. Um, this was also, I'm sorry, go on. We go go for it because I missed a little bit there. Uh, which ones did you cover off? What horror movies? So we we covered just before horror movies. What were you talking? About? Uh, I just brought I brought Rocky, and then okay. I brought up the horror movies. Okay. And then we said American Graffiti after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm I'm kind of. And, and then, um, Alien, and then this is, Alien, great yeah. movie. Yeah. This that is also the birth of, of the blockbuster. This is the first time, and we also learned this in the Star Wars book, this is the first time that theaters had started an active policy of getting people out of the theater after the movie stopped, because up to this point, they were like, you want to sit in here again? Yeah, sure, whatever, who cares? And Star Wars is what caused them to go, nope, everyone's got to get out, got to go buy another ticket. Um, we did could it, do. Did that start with Jaws a little bit. It did start a little bit with Jaws. Um, there were they listed five big movies. Uh, and I didn't write them all down. I missed one of them. They listed five big movies that really started off blockbusters. Jaws, Star Wars is pretty much what cemented. In fact, that's where the we got the term blockbuster from. Uh, Close Encounters yeah. also was a huge thing. It's been forever since I've seen Close Encounters. I need to go back and watch it again. So do I. Um, Alien. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then a movie that I still love to this day. Um, Grace. and of course looks cheesy as hell. No. Um, Superman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Christopher Reeve as Superman is still Superman to me. Like, yeah. when I think, when I think a flesh and blood Superman, I still picture Christopher Reeve. Even I picture Christopher Reeve, and I didn't even know him as, like, he wasn't even Superman when I was a kid. Yeah. He's just a very bad horse rider. Yes. Oh, really? You had to go there, Jay. Got to strap that helmet on. Um, I but also Grease is a great movie. So can we go back to that real quick? What? Grease. Never watched it. Like the musicals that came out, Cabaret came out back then. Like there was a ton of great musicals that came out in the seventies. Really (laughs) I'm shocked that nobody has mentioned Mel Brooks movies. Monty Python. Oh, Oh, Monty Python. My whole comedic, like the whole origin of my comedic knowledge came from 70s movies. My young Frankenstein. I used to watch all of that stuff when I was way too young to watch it. I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail at like five years old. You, that's not allowed. Yeah, but a lot of that goes over your head. Yeah. Right? Exactly. A lot so, of, yeah. I, but I look at it now and I'm like, I would absolutely not. I would never. I thoughts <laughs> in your general direction. Yes. Like, <laughs> Oh my god! Anybody my boys would catch that, that one. I was gonna say my boys would catch that one and love that one. I loved it as a kid. Uh, we had like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. I mean, we had Gene yes. Wilder seventies. Oh, yeah. wow. I love Willy Wonka. That's another one that came out in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Oh god! It's funny. I just saw a someone do another post, and I think I'd seen this before, where they compare. The the um the boat ride in Willy Wonka is literally describing the seven layers of hell. Yeah, oh, I'm just like, is. yeah, I've not heard this before, but let me go ahead and reread this article because yeah. 
So yeah, um, did we mention Mad Max? No, no we did not. I think. And of course, Jaws. And Eugene, I'm surprised you missed this one. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, no, Dawn of the Dead was '60s. He remade it in '78, I believe. He well, yeah, one. he did remake it, but yeah, the original. See, my, for me, uh, no, I'm sorry, Dawn of the. You're right, Dawn of the Dead was then. I'm thinking Night of the Living Dead was late '60s. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. '70s is when he started going with the the sequels. Yeah. So um, yeah, good catch, uh, uh, Jay. We got a lot of Jack Nicholson in the '70s. I'm a little surprised Lainey didn't bring these because I I went through the dark history that is Disney during that time. Disney you know was having a rough go of it in the '70s and the '80s. Okay. Only three that I really would like to mention, and that's Robin Hood. Because who didn't watch that one as a kid? Aristocats and, and Pete's Dragon. Those are the only three that I. Three great films that really went overlooked yeah. because that was post Walt's death, um, and his son-in-law was in charge of the company and was just kind of doggy paddling and letting everybody kind of tell him what to do. So they weren't really a powerhouse of like content at that point. Shit. Yeah, it's bad. It was real bad. And I mean, they still had the Sherman Brothers for a little while, but even that, I mean. Great. There's some great music and stuff too that comes out of those Disney 70s films, but, um, Disney World did open in the 70s, but like even then they weren't really putting in those IPs in the park. That's on my list. I'm going to bring that one up. Okay. Cool. We can talk. About what that. about Smoking the Bandit? Oh, those, those yeah. crazy ass, you know, yeah, like, uh, I guess you'd call it, they're, they're not adventure movies. They're, they're, they're travel movies, I guess to say, um, chase yeah. movies, maybe. Um, Joker's Wild brings up Bruce Lee movies. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh my God. We got some good Bruce Lee stuff. Well, that and there's a lot of, uh, like Death Wish and Magnum Force. I mean, some really good revenge movies from. Yes. See, I was going to bring up Bruce Lee as well because he passed away in uh, July of 73. So. On a movie set, right? No. Uh, no he, that was his son. Oh. Yeah. 20 years later, his son died on the crow. Bro. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bruce fell ill during uh, um, uh, the dragon, uh, Enter the Dragon, and uh, yeah. slipped into a coma. And he died a couple months later. That was one of his biggest. Yeah. The, um, yeah, but thirty. Same. Him and his son were the same age when he passed away. They were both yeah. thirty-three. That's right. That's like the weird thing. That's yeah, like, it's the weird thing that they both. How um, they died and under mystery. There was some weird coincidence. That's sad. Yeah. The original Longest Yard. Yeah, the original Longest Yard. And then, um, obviously, fucking Saturday Night Fever, which is what everybody thinks of when they think of the 70s. Yeah, pretty much. Charlotte's oh, Web. Oh, yeah, the oh, I Charlotte's love Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web. I meant Saturday Night Fever. Charlotte's I will never forget the first time I saw Saturday Night Fever. I was weirdly underwhelmed. Yeah, I think I was like 17 or 18 when I watched it. Did Urban Cowboy... No, that was the 80s. Urban Cowboy, I think, was the 60s. That's nope. With... Urban Cowboy was like 70s, late 70s, early 80s, because that's when Gillies was open in Houston. That's when the oil boom was big. There's a magical thing called Google. Hang no, on. but wasn't Urban Cowboy? <laughs> I'm looking, but my computer is really slow. So. That's 1980. 1980. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm going to say. That's what's the difference. 
there's a big difference. But yeah, I don't say because Gillies was a real place, it's a real thing. Um, so any other movies? Star Wars now, or yeah, I guess so. <laughs> whole episode that and you know, not talking about Star Wars. That happened. Is that a thing? Episode one came out in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. I really pissed at myself. Actually, Jen and I were at uh, a trivia night, and they were asking a question about when Jaws came out. <laughs> I know my shit. All right, I fucking know my shit, man. And for whatever reason, I was like, um, 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 is it 75 or 77? And I hedged and I wrote 77 and I'll never be not pissed off at myself for that. I fucking mixed them up. Got okay. I heard some guys talking about Jaws on the, I worked the other day and it was a 30 some odd year old talking to a millennial. And uh, what, you mean Sharknado? Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Did you punch him in the throat? Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Even I know the fucking difference. Well, I was thinking about Midnight Cowboy, not Urban Cowboy. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, so this little movie called Star Wars premiered in the 1970s and changed the world forever. Yeah. Made our girl a star. Yeah. Even Colbert, I watched two weeks early. <laughs> you, you what? Stephen Colbert got to watch it two weeks oh, early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what a fucking dick. I've been a, I've been a fan two weeks longer than all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite tropes in that 70s show is how often Eric Foreman, like, compares himself to fucking, like, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> but my dad was telling me, he's like, no, that was, like, a real thing. He was like, every fucking nerdy kid you knew, like, wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah. How yeah, I I would have loved to have been there when it started, but then I kind of wouldn't have loved to have been there because the craziness. I know. I just want to show up that night. Like, I just want to show up, buy a ticket, watch the movie, walk out, just see how everyone reacts, and then come back now. Well, you know, if you're a time traveling wizard, you can do that. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> you finish that big black staff. Oh, uh, Brian, uh, Ryan brings up Planet of the Apes. How can we freaking forget uh, Planet, yeah, of, Planet the of the Apes? Planet of the Apes, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Because Man. all the sequels that happened. That's why I love Marshall Geeky when we were to, t- like, when we we're listening to them and they introduce all the, uh, bring up the little movie called Planet of the Apes. Which well, one? I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. The sequel, the sequel to the sequel, the sequel to the sequel, the, the reboot, the remake, the re- the sequel to the remake. Prequel. <laughs> yes. Fucking A. That's another classic film I've never seen. I've never seen Planet of the Apes. I You're not <laughs> seen a bit of the first one. I mean, obviously, obviously you know the twist at the end. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Lainey, you yeah. you do know the twist at the end, right? <laughs> Obviously. No one say shit to Lainey. Don't any, no one to say shit to Lainey. Lainey, watch oh, the movie. Oh, man, go watch it. I was going to say, if you know the twist, obviously, you, there's probably just watch the... the, the seen Spaceballs. Yeah. You know what? Watch Spaceballs. I've seen Spaceballs. So, I love Spaceballs. I've seen that. Oh, did Airplane come out in the 70s? Was that the 70s? Yes. Oh, we... Oh, no, Leslie Nielsen, who's Canadian? Yeah. You're welcome. Airport came out in the 70s. I don't remember if Airplane did. Airplane, Airplane. 
this year. Because I think air, the airport movies came out. That was part of that whole disaster movie yeah. thing they had going on. And I think, yeah, because airplane came out to riff on airport. Uh, well, the reason I asked is because it's that late 70s, early 80s fashion. It blends together. It looks yeah. the same. God, that movie is so fucking funny. I watched it for the first time this year and was kind of, I think it's more nostalgic. I love when June Cleaver talks drag. Like that. <laughs> yes, that was funny. Surely you can't be serious. Yeah. <laughs> don't call me Shirley. I think, I don't know. I think being raised on like Mel Brooks and stuff, I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, all right. Is there anything else anyone wanted to mention movie wise? Movie wise, I'm good. All right. Star Wars uh, or Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, one of the movies that was brought up in this was um, I, I didn't bring it up because it actually perfectly leads into uh, television, which is um, uh, the Star Trek movie also came out, which <sighs> what can I say about the Star Trek movie? Not much. <laughs> Clearly not a lot. Not a lot. Uh, the Star Trek movies are very simple. You watch two, you watch four, and you watch six, and you're good. Yep. From the original, yeah. Wrath of Khan, The Voyage Home, yes. uh, the final, fr- uh, uh, Undiscovered Country. Those are the uh, things that you I don't know if Sean's watching or if he's on the thing right now, uh, but he'll tell you where to go if you say that to him out loud. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. Okay. Final Frontier was interesting. He, he'll, I'm sure he's good. He's got a story, but. He, Search for Spock was okay, but that first movie was horrible. I don't know how he did it, but he got all he got through all the movies uh, last year. Wow! All, all the old ones are fucking horrible. No, they're not. Screw yeah, you. They all are fucking terrible. <laughs> they're no, like I said, two, four, and six are great movies. Uh, but that leads us to television. So, uh, the seventies was the death of rural shows. So this was the end of things like Hee Haw. And Green Acres, and we're moving away from TV shows where you know it's more of a rural setting, and um, and we start getting shows. And it, it talked about now. Of course, this is not my opinion. This is also that I've read uh, because research. Uh, we start getting the rise of social conscience stuff. And one of the first ones that they mentioned was Maud, um, because you know uh, she's a big mouth broad that's not afraid to tell you who you know what she thinks, and the fact that she was. Archie Bunker's sister-in-law, I think is the lineage on that. Um, you know, it, it was interesting. The other thing, one of the other ones that we got out of that was also, was also very social conscious was, uh, the Jeffersons. Also, oddly enough, a spinoff of, you know, all the family. Um, and then we had like things like one day at a time where, you know, even though it's a sitcom, um, there, this is when we start bringing in like real world stuff, like a little bit of politics starts coming in, a little bit of, you know, what's going on, you know, uh, uh, you know, with, with uh, with day to day life. Yeah. Um, we also had the decline of the Western. So things like Bonanza, Little House on the Prairie, those started fading off. Uh, and we started getting, and as much as some of these shows are really good, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 and there are still some really good ones out there today. It's just they've become so... Why do we still have, like... Why does it seem like every show on NBC, ABC, CBS, so on and so forth is either a crime or a medical drama? Why? 
it seems like every single show. But this is when this started. Great, Eugene. Do what? Because true crime is great, Eugene. <laughs> uh, no, not true crime. I know, I know. Crime. <laughs> um, but this is when we got some. We we had things like Emergency, and then of course one of Jay's favorite show, Mash. I fucking love Mash. Mash is a great show. Uh, Mash holds up today. Yeah. Yes, Mash is still funny. Yeah, I'll still watch Mash any time that I see that it's on. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii Five O, which of course just got remade. Um, Chips. Love Boat. Yep. Freaking Six Chips. Million. Six um, Sesame Street got big in the seventies. The Muppet Show. You guys. Hell yeah. Um. Go back and watch some of those old episodes, by the way, because well, some of the guest stars are just. Oh, I know, and the hecklers. Yeah. That thing. Statler and Waldorf. Fantastic. Yes. There's a really good episode where Peter Sellers is the guest host. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> it makes me happy every time I watch it. I love it. <laughs> One of my favorite actors uh, got his break, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. Oh, yeah. So, I have that. Company. Saturday Night Live started in 75. Yep. I love that. You guys know like, that's 75. Yeah. That's the 70s is kind of when they started showing movies on TV, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's when it became a big, like, thing to watch. Because before that, you, you wouldn't watch TV to see a movie. No. Exactly, yeah. Of course, at that point, it was, like, really low-budget stuff, mostly. But, yeah, you started getting that, that Saturday matinee thing on, on Every TV. Every now and then, though, they'd show something big. Like, my mom has told me she remembers seeing, like, Roots, like, on network television. Like, that was... Big. Or I guess though that was like a was a mini series, right? That was yeah. a mini series. Yeah, they started doing stuff like that though. My favorite '70s show, like that, truly started in the '70s, is Charlie's Angels because that was on constant syndication when I was a kid growing mm-hmm. up. So I would get up in the morning, and my parents would have left for work during the summer. And I would turn on TV, and it would be fucking Charlie's Angels, and I loved it. I was about to bring that one up. Yeah. Uh, Starsky and Hutch was brought up in the uh, in the chat. Uh, and then one of the other one that Ryan brought up is, um, this is also when we started getting like some decent sci-fi TV mm-hmm. shows. Battlestar Galactica, which, I mean, the original was, you know, the first, first season was not bad. And then of course they basically had no budget for the next one. So it is what it is. Wonder Woman, The Incredible yes. Hulk, The Six Million Dollar Man, The Bionic right. Woman. And- Partridge Family. Those aren't sci-fi. I'm just naming 70 shows that I know. <laughs> um, and then something else. <laughs> and something else that I didn't even realize. Um, the 70s was the really the the golden years. The really the true rise of the game show. Yeah, the oh. Price is Right. Price. Fucking big bucks, no whammies and shit. Uh, 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 pyramid. Password. These are shows that are remade and still on today. That honestly, the remake of some of these shows are so often I'll see them on and I'm like, this format still works. This is still a funny ass format. Do you know how badly I want to be on Pyramid in the 70s? Oh my god, how yeah. How badly I want that. Wasn't that a movie Expe- in the 70s? Oh, yes. That's a great one. Dick DiBartolo. Okay, so uh, I used to listen to this podcast. Dick, Dick DiBartolo is one of the original, well, not one of the original. He's, he came on shortly after it started, but he's one of the longest running writers for Mad Magazine. 
he was the writer for the the um, the questions for uh, Newlywed Game, and they were basically told, "Hey, listen, we're not getting renewed. We've only got three episodes left." And he's like, "Well, can we act, can we start putting questions in there that are a little more racy? You know, a little more, you know." Hey, let's kind of have, you know, hint about sex and stuff like that. And they're like, sure, why not? We're, we're getting canceled anyway. Those three episodes basically caused that series to go on for like a decade. There was two, right? There was the Newlywed game and there was the dating game. Yeah, that was, yeah. There was a serial killer that was on the dating game. and one. Are you serious? Yeah, really? Yeah, Alcala. Look him up. It's fucking creepy as shit. He gets asked this really weird question about like, if you were a food, what kind of food would you be and how would you be served to me? And he's like, a banana peeled. Fucking right there. She shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'll call it. Go check him out. Fucking creeper status, man. Yeah. Careful, ladies. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, it's cheesy as some of this, you know, especially going back and, and you know, so when Lainey's grandparents come to visit, they put on they put on the the other channels that come along that are broadcast along with the big channels, my TV. Um, Sometimes it's to... great. Sometimes they're showing episodes of Bewitched, and I will sit down and watch for hours. True. Sometimes they're showing, but most of the time it's back to back to back episodes of something or another, and I'm just like, oh Guns God, up. please kill me now. <laughs> oh, oh, Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. Those are great 70s shows. Laverne and Shirley. I like that shit too. Yep. There were a lot more like strong female characters and also like addressing bigotry and racism and all that stuff in the 70s. You know, it started becoming. Banner kissed the first, uh, first interracial uh, kiss on TV. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it happened till the seventies. Hold on, yeah. hold on. No, this was the only. The show only ran for the original. Ran yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the seventies when that one aired, though. Yeah, I thought so. Scandalous. Ooh, and Sanford and Son. That's a personal favorite. Yeah, I never watched very many of these shows. What was <laughs> one with uh, Mackenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli? What was that show? Kenzie Phillips and Valerie Bertinelli. Fucking A, I don't remember. But that was the first mom that was actually divorced. She wasn't a widow. She wasn't... She was the first mom that was divorced. Technically, the original series was 66 to 69, so it was technically the 60s. All right. Sorry. It was a 1968 episode. Just... Just Kinds of crazy crap going on, man. Oh, they uh, banned cigarette ads in the 70s. I read... That that was the thing that, that people started complaining about stuff like that, and they finally said no more. Someone please to get the children. What's funny is is the the Alamo Draft House doesn't do it as much anymore since they've gotten really kind of big time, but they used to play just random stuff in front of the movies. And the one of the first movies I ever saw at the Draft House was a movie called uh, Thank You for Smoking, and some of the stuff that they were playing beforehand was those black and white commercials of you know. And I'll never forget sitting there watching it next to Christy, and I'm just like, wow, I'm really watching Fred Flintstone relaxing, watching Wilma cut the grass 
And looking at Barney saying, hey, you want a Marlboro? And talking about how smooth it is. And I'm just like, wow, this is really a thing that I'm watching right now. Uh, yeah. That's what they were like, man. It's crazy. Wasn't Joe Camel designed to appeal to children? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Sanford and Son, that was another good show. I have a Did all that anti-drug stuff pulling cigarette ads, did it have anything to do with the Carter administration? Like, I know Betty Ford was big on saying no to drugs. I would assume so. I would probably, yeah, I would assume so, too. I would assume so as well, because, like I was, like I started off in 1970, 71, that's when they approached Stan Lee, right? The government approached Stan Lee to say... Was it, was Nixon still... I don't know. But LBJ was the war on drugs and, like, the one that really went after it, right? Yeah, that was still started it. Yeah, so I think that... Is that is that Lyndon Johnson? Yeah, yeah. Lyndon yeah. Johnson, and then that went into Nixon. Okay. I don't know timelines. I, I just... know stuff. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. I just know that you have some... I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. We... Yeah, we have we have, some, we have some interesting uh-huh. folks. You That's all. I was always fascinated by like 60, 70 stuff too. So like in high school, well, I mean, every paper I could possibly make about that era, I made about that era. So no! I know. So hey, fun facts. When were you born? Do what? When were your parents born? My parents were born in the late 50s, so my parents were both, like, teenagers in the 70s. My mom graduated in the bicentennial. Okay. Yeah, so my mom and dad were, like, like, I always tell people, dazed and confused, like, my parents lived that. Like, that was 100% their era. Like, <laughs> my dad was born in 58, my mom was born in 59. Yeah, so your parents are around the same age as mine. Yeah, exactly. So, no, my mom and dad, like, hardcore, that was their shit. So, uh, yeah. they... And they've they've always been very honest with me about what it was like growing up back then. My so. mom told me I ate the pot plant she grew in the garden. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. My mom was a little straight A angel. My dad was that was more my dad's style. There's a reason. <laughs> Chad was doing all kinds of dumb shit around Northeast. My mom was the dumb shit. My dad went to police college. <laughs> However, my father did get the delightful pleasure of getting to experience Austin in the seventies and early eighties. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I. I'm so envious of him for that because he used to tell me about what it was. Oh God, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I don't even know back. Yeah, I can't even imagine Austin in the 70s. That's no. My dad loved it. He's telling he me about blew my mind. Like cosmic cowboy shows and shit like that. Like my dad saw, um, all kinds of artists back then that like before they got huge. It was really fucking cool. My dad was bullshit. Back then and all the up and coming rock. Stars he would go and see, and that was what he spent his time doing. True. That was my dad. Hello. Hello, Molly. Well, does anyone have anything else they want to add about our discussion to the se- about the 70s before we wrap up? Uh-oh. What you got for us? Uh, right. So oh, I, got- I, I went through some of the news stuff. Like, okay. Uh, what, and I tried to only pull some of the positive stuff. And, uh, and have to talk to- about Watergate and Ford Party. Well, so, yeah, Watergate was on there, right? So, but, uh, uh so trying to, but also what also, uh, influenced some of the stuff that I, I love now, right? So, uh, the first one was Son of Sam was arrested. Yes! Uh, oh my god, it's another great story. Go check that out. Google oh, it. It's an amazing story. Uh, terrible, terrible time, but amazing. Story. Horrible, but holy shit, it's crazy. 
So I focus on the time that he was arrested. So, <laughs> uh, we, we already mentioned Disney World opened uh, yeah, 1971. 1971. Yeah, a ticket price for admission was $3.50. How much? $3.50. But you had to go into the park and buy a ticket book. Keep that in mind. Okay, and that's fair. Uh, that oh, for each ride? I didn't, I didn't, uh, what the dollar would be worth now, what the value is worth now. Okay. See, back then, is equivalent to $21.68. Yeah, now. girl, they still charging you more than that. <laughs> yeah. 105 on average for a person. For right 10 now. and up! Yeah, for 10 and up for the Magic Kingdom for one day. It's all four of us now. And those prices go up every year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bob Iger. Thanks, Marvel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the other one was, uh, and this one's not, um, this one won't be as relevant. Irrelevant for you guys, but uh, the flying Bobby Orr picture. So there's the flying Bobby picture. It's a, a very iconic. iconic picture where Bobby Orr is flying through the air and he just scored the game winning goal and he had to jump over this other guy. And so he's celebrating midair. He looks like Superman. Uh, again, and so he's celebrating midair and um, it's an iconic picture. Anytime you talk hockey, that's one that comes up. Bobby Orr is one of the greatest players ever mm-hmm. to ever play. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, he scored that uh, goal on the 10th of May in 1970. Oh, that is a cool picture. <laughs> yeah, so he that was the game. That was the series winning. They won the championship with that goal, which is Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, they won the Stanley Cup with that. Uh, yeah, it was insane. That was yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, the only other thing that I want to mention was one of my favorite movies was actually made uh, based on. Um, an event that happened in the 70s. It was actually 17th of April, 1970. The Apollo 13 returned to Earth. And, yes. Uh, so I thought that was pretty pretty cool to kick off that day. Love them. Mm-hmm. Love it. The determination to get those three guys home, right? And, it's and incredible. The innovation that they had to do. Like it's just, yeah, pretty crazy. That's a great movie. Yes, it is. There, that's what I want. Uh, Ryan brings up space shuttle program started gas uh, shortage and the start of low emissions and uh, economic cars. So I'm seeing a theme here. Um, everything that's kind of popular there is happening now. Where we got? You know what they say? What? History does this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it never comes back around and does the same thing again. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, we still don't learn from the past. We don't learn shit. The same fucking mistake. Same fucking thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Joker's Wild brought up the Lamborghini Countach 1974. Wow. Yeah, that's an iconic car. In Northeast Texas, we'd know shit about that, so I don't know. When did the (laughs) Sierra come out? Was that an 80s car? I feel like that was an 80s It had to have been an 80s car. Didn't the Pinto come out in the 70s? Ford Pinto? Or was that a 60s car? No, it might have been the 70s. Yeah. That would make sense. It came out in the 70s. 1971. Yeah, that's the one that kept blowing up. (laughs) Yep. You can't run. That was the safest car to drive because if you you did get rear-ended, you'd die. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you guys. Elvis Presley. Yeah, race that. Yeah. Did you say that? Did I miss uh, that? Elvis Presley died. I missed that. 
We lost a lot of 60s artists in the 70s, though. I mean, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and all that. I mean... Are we really surprised by that, though? Like, what no, was absolutely not. It's just interesting that so much of that happened. You know, I'm not... That's like, and did oh. Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy and Jim Morrison, they died in the 70s? They were, only yeah. they were only 27. Everybody's fucking 27. Mama Cass, she died in the 70s. Mama Cass did die in the 70s. Yeah. Mama Cass, Jens Joplin. Oh, The Exorcist. Yeah. Did we mention The Exorcist yeah. too? Uh, the AMC Gremlin came out in 1970. <laughs> the Gremlin. Uh. Uh, look it up. It is a, um, it's a car. Uh, it's a car. It's barely. A car. It's barely a car, but it's technically a car. What's funny <laughs> is, is, uh, I remember in middle school, now we're still talking, we're talking about the 80s. There was a substitute teacher. Um, she drove a gremlin. Mm-hmm. And what was funny was we were on the bus and the bus, you know, kind of shook like this because you know it was a bus and she was vibrating more in the car than we were. And we're just like, <laughs> Oh wow, that's scary. <laughs> so I had a friend who had a, uh, I don't know what it was called, uh, what brand it was, but it was a Sirocco, and it was the yeah, it was the shit. You couldn't. It had a bad seat, back seat, but you couldn't sit straight up because of the way that the rear view uh, window was set. So you were sitting like this, all hunched <laughs> over. And you're like, this is this can't be safe. And it was brown. The interior was brown. It was just this squatty. Interior, you couldn't sit straight up. It was a terrible The <laughs> AMC Pacer, 1976. That's the Mirth Mobile. Yep. Oh my God, the Mirth Mobile. Go home, Ray. <laughs> yep. That that the Pacer is another one. If okay, so I know a lot of people here probably have not seen Cars too. You're lucky if you haven't, uh, or you're lucky if you have. Uh, but um, the uh, yeah, there's a whole thing in there about lemon cars and the Pacer, the Gremlin. A lot of these vehicles we just re- we just referenced are the bad guys because they're all limits. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, um, Stephen Hawking developed oh. a couple big theories in the seventies as well. Yes. The where did it go? I don't know. Big Bang. Yeah. Existence of black holes. Wow, that was in seventies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Stephen, uh, Stephen Hawking and one of his colleagues had a bet about a black hole, and it took until 1990 to actually have enough yeah, to prove that it was a black hole. But the, the bet was uh, a, a, a year, year subscription, subscription to Penthouse, penthouse. <laughs> or, or four years, four to, years the, to this uh, political, like, magazine. political magazine. That's awesome. <laughs> so the guy, so so Hawking lost, lost, yeah, which was good. And so what he did was he had to send the, the penthouse to his friend that, that he put the bed up against. Bye. And he, he did the UK, UK version, version, which was even raunchier than the US, US version. version. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're watching this thing on Einstein. Yeah. So was- uh, Nova did a, a documentary about yeah, Einstein. And uh, so Quinn and I got watching that one today. It's uh, new on Netflix. Cool. Uh, oh yeah, and then Ryan ended. You know, uh, mentions you know this little thing called Vietnam ended. You know. Oh, well, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, I tried to stick on the positive notes because that yeah. thing. Seriously. Well, technically, it ending is a positive. Uh, thing. Mm. 
Yeah. It, anyway. It, it, there was no winner or loser there. It was just... A no, point. it was... Yeah. It was crap. A lot of people lost lives for... Uh, reason. reason. So, yeah. Yep. Hey, look, yeah, we didn't get anywhere didn't again. That ever again. Yeah, no joke, right? Um, well, let's call that it. Let's call this, uh, the episode. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our picks and pans. Um, would anyone like to go first? Yes. I'm going to go first because I need oh. to throw something in there. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, because I said I would mention that documentary. Okay. Yeah. Or that docuseries. So if you're interested in, which you should be, if you are a music fan in general, if you are interested in learning a little bit about the production and everything that went into recording in like the 50s through, even through today, they focus a lot on like the 50s through the 70s because it was so incredible. There is a docuseries, I believe it is still on Hulu. It is called Soundbreaking. I think I've talked about it on Epic Rhythm and Bruce before. It is so, so good. Really, really incredible. Gives you a lot of really cool insight into how some of your favorite records were made. Um, I really enjoyed it. I've watched it multiple times, actually, because I enjoyed it so much. Um, just really, really cool. So check that out. Um, and my pick huh, is, um, so my, my pick is actually um, a musical one as well. Um, which funnily enough, we've been talking about rock music and this is not a rock choice, but, um, Mac Miller, who is a rapper, has been coming out with a lot of new material. He released like three songs at the beginning of the summer and I really, really enjoyed all of them. Um, he released a new single off of his newer album, um, and a little preview and holy shit, I think this is the album that I've been needing. It is so, so good. He released a song called Self Care. It's really fucking good. If you're into rap at all, go check it out. Um, I was not into Mac Miller before I met my friend Matt, and my friend Matt really got me into it. He's actually really talented. Go check him out. Kind of knows what he's fucking doing. Um, and recently, he had a horrible breakup with Ariana Grande, which I don't think he realizes it now, but it's going to be for the better. It's going to be okay, Mac. So, but it's been, but it's really making, it's fueling some really cool shit with his music. Um, and so this new album is going to be called Sleeping and I'm really excited about it. But yeah, go check out the single off of that. It's super, super good. Again, it's called Self Care and I have been listening to it on repeat for like three days. Alrighty. Ray, what's your pick and or pan? So, uh, mine's kind of, mine's musical as well. And, uh, some of it was influenced by the seventies, uh, Watching uh, Under Pressure was uh, sung again by somebody that did an amazing uh, version of it. Anyway, so Foo Fighters. We went to the Foo Fighters. Now, the pan, I'll start with the pan on that. Uh, Uh Uh-oh. We left our house with plenty of time. Yes, ample time to have dinner. That's how much time. Our our goal, we were going to have dinner. We were going to park there, have dinner, and then get in the show uh, we had plenty of time. Uh, we were supposed to arrive at 4.30. Uh, we stopped for a quick drink in the pee and keep driving down in our, I, I use Waze because it does really good updates on that kind of stuff. And yep. Next thing it says, uh, delay. And another delay. And, oh, I found a new route, so we've got 10 minutes or, oh, there's another delay. And, well, uh, we the route again and, now you're going to show up at 5.30 instead of 4. Oh, uh, okay. Now we're sitting in traffic with 5.30 turns into 6. 
six thirty, and we didn't oh park God. until seven o'clock. Oh no! Uh, it when did it start? Hard. Six. Technically, doors opened at five. Oh no! The first uh, band went on at six. First band was on at oh, six. We well. missed the first band. Second band we caught a little bit of. They started at seven. They ended by seven forty-five. We were sitting in our seats as they ended. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Foo Fighters came on about eight thirty. Yeah. Insane. And, but the reason that it took so long. Well, so that's part of the plan as well. So the the good news of it out of it was that the Toronto police uh, took it very seriously. There was a threat. Well, that too. So. Uh, they, they took a threat uh, very seriously. There was somebody that was apparently going through try and drive through the crowds. Uh, oh. Ooh. Yeah, so. so they were out in full force, uh, shut down a couple of streets around the uh, around the area. Uh, but the other thing that was also going on in Toronto that I wasn't aware of was the Honda Indy. And uh, they, for the, the Indy race that they do, actually used the streets of Toronto. And they shut off a lot of the largest city in Canada. They shut up this main street area so that they could do these races this weekend. I don't give a flying fuck about any race. What the fuck? <laughs> but why are you shutting down our main streets? Which is in the, main- the biggest city in the what the fuck? Yeah. yeah, so they shut it down for three days. It's only it's still closed. It's only well, it'll night. open uh, Sunday well, at midnight. Yeah. So uh, the people so, in people. Houston would riot. Yeah. Oh, I was. I, <laughs> Not a, no. The Canadians were going to write a stern letter. A very strongly worded letter. Uh, yes, I, my MP is going to, I'm telling you. My MP. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the positive. Foo Fighters absolutely <gasps> fucking rocked it. Uh, entertained from, I didn't, st- I didn't sit down, right? Didn't I didn't feel down. like I needed to sit down. Like, uh, yeah, it was just. They got the crowd into it. I don't know how many different times and how many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that uh, Taylor Hawkins can sing uh, mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury. He's the and, drummer. Oh, he he was awesome. And yeah. then one of the one of the guys from uh, the, so the first band, the opening band, one of the opening bands was the Struts, and their lead singer. I love the Struts. So that was yeah, we missed missed them. We caught like one song, like their end. So Luke uh, Spiller, the lead singer of the Struts, came on and sang "Under Pressure" with Taylor Lautner. With Taylor Hawkins. Oh, Lautner! I don't yeah. know how to sing. Yeah. But anyways, it was really cool, and he kind of looks like Freddie Mercury too. Like he yeah, kind of got the yeah. high cheekbones and yeah. the last beat. So it was so cool because uh, Dave Grohl played the drums for that song. Uh, yeah, the whole, the whole thing. I turned into a little kid when I was there. It was awesome. That's awesome. Did you guys cool. see the video from when they were in Austin of the guy that went viral that got on stage and just killed it on the guitar? No, we don't know. This guy in the crowd had his face painted like Kiss, and I guess maybe he had a sign-up or something, but they called him on stage because he, he could play guitar, and he actually, like, like, he was amazing. And then he went viral for a few weeks, and... All over Austin, he would pop up with signs and, you know, with his face painted. Look him up, because it's a pretty cool performance. Have you guys seen it, Eugene or Lainey? No, I haven't, no. I thought, it yeah, was a, I thought somebody was making it up, because it's just like the plot of a rock star. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
No, but I mean, I had a friend who went there and saw it and then told me about it and I started seeing it everywhere, so. That's cool. Amazing performance. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Chris, what's your pick or pin? Uh, kind of the same as Grace. So, I figured. Yeah, well, we were at the concert yeah. But it was awesome. I, we were deaf and forced when we left. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how you Scream should be. Scream set. Oh, like, yeah. Like, as loud as we as could. As loud as we could. We told the uh, lighting crew to shut all the lights off. This is the Roger Stadium. It holds 3,000 people. It's sick. So, shut all the lights <laughs> off and told everybody to light it up. And we lit up so the we're whole all there. <laughs> with just our phones. Oh, so cool. We knew a bunch of people were going there, so we we're trying to figure out what we could do. At one point, we were like, we're going to stand up and wave our phones so you can see us. And so that was kind of okay. Trying to find where they trying were. Trying to find where they were. And so like, yeah. Because it's a big stadium. Yeah. And uh, the traffic kind of sucked. But it was kind of funny, too, because it was three lanes of traffic during rush hour trying to merge into one lane. So there was a lot of... Oh, yeah. So it was interesting to see the people who didn't get... wanted to get where they were going as fast as they could, so they were being douches. And then the other people who were just like, listen, we're all none here. of us are going anywhere, so you go, I go, you go, I We're going to take Canada, turns. Canada, Canada, Canada. Yeah, but at one point, Ray rolled down his window and started directing traffic <laughs> from the car. <laughs> he was trying to, like, avoid accidents. Right? Everybody's Canadian father. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys remember this episode from Doctor Who. There's a Doctor Who episode, which is uh, it takes like nine months to get a quarter of a mile. Oh yeah, that episode. Like, Where they all everybody lives in their car. All of them live in their car. Oh, I do remember that one. Yes, that, that was us. That's... It took us <laughs> two and a half hours to go five kilometers. We joked at, at the six kilometer mark. I said, "Hun, maybe we should just park the car and walk." And we looked up. It would have taken us about an hour. About the same time. And I was like, "Ah, well, maybe." And you know what? It, we should have done it because we would have been there faster. Yeah, <laughs> but the ride home was better because. Oh it was yeah, it was, I parked. I parked there. Yeah. So. But that was an awesome concert. Yep. Off the bucket, like that was a bucket list thing for both yep. of us. For sure. And we just nice. got to buy luck because a buddy of his at work was selling his. So at cost. at cost for what he paid for them, so he didn't try to stiff us, which That's was great. Nice. So, uh, and then Logan's having a good time. She's at a sleepover. She was super excited about that. Quinn was also excited that she was at a sleepover, which because that meant that his big sister was at the house and that she wasn't nagging. So we went to my mom's, and my mom bought a new trailer, and he just spent the entire visit in the trailer watching Robin Hood Men in Tights by himself eating Oreos. Like, it, he was living his best life. Nice! Yeah. Saturday night to me. That's just... So he had a great time. And then on Wednesday, I got a tattoo. Yes. Which wow. was, by far, the easiest sit I've ever done. I've sat from anywhere from 15 minutes to 5 hours. And it was an hour and a half, pretty much, pretty pain-free. And it's been the easiest one to heal up. Like, this is who is, and I can, like, rub my hand over it. Like, there's nothing. It's not even healing. Same girl did my hand. Yeah, same girl did it. So I'm super happy about it. It's for my grandma, my granny. She's the queen bee of the family. And oh, that's great. And then I get, I, my favorite is I get ladies of a certain age compliment me on them. So okay. they said it was cute. I also got a young man telling me I was dope. So that Word dope. was super cool. And nice. Probably about 17 or 18. Oh, there there were a couple of parts uh, of the concert. Sorry, just to go back to that for a second. 
You can look it up on YouTube. Um, there's there's a couple parts where it's just the crowd singing. Uh huh. And like uh, and you so there's some some of the videos are better quality than others, but somebody got it from close to the stage, mm-hmm. and they do this pan, and they're like you can see the whole stadium, and all you can hear is the crowd singing, and mm-hmm. awesome. So another thing about the concert, and then I'm going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave Grohl has three girls. His oldest oh, yeah. is the same as the same age as Logan. Um, so he's brought her on stage a couple times, but he brought her on with uh, for two songs as a backup singer. And the last song, he like pointed her out. She's on the jumbotron. She's like, "That's my boo. That's my baby. Everybody, give it up for her." And they're clapping, and she's just like smiling, like, "Thanks, yeah, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> Logan, because yeah. Logan. This, her name's Violet. She had braces. She had same length as Logan. Hair, same color. Same chair face. She would wear exactly what Logan would have worn. Oh, it was a rainbow dress. Like, it was a sweater. It was a sweater. It looked like a sweater, but it was the length of the dress. dress. And it was chunky, and it was perfect. It was awesome. We showed Logan a picture. She's like, I love her sweater. I'm yes, like, I lady. know, right? I was going to say, I want, <laughs> I want this outfit. So buy that for when you come to Canada. Yes, perfect. <laughs> was awesome because he was so proud of his daughter and he brought her up on stage and it was really moment. My, my, my favorite part of that moment though was he's sitting there and he's like, okay, no, we're in a stadium. You guys are going to give her a stadium applause. Let's hear that shit. So, you know, everybody applause and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, nope, that's enough. It's going to get weird when we get home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off your nope, that's all you get. That's yeah. awesome. I just love that he brought his daughter on. She actually has got a really sweet voice. Oh, yeah. She held her own, and it was really cute. There's a video of her singing an Adele song, uh, if you get a chance. Uh, Dave's playing guitar. Um, they didn't do it for this show, but they've done just, it in previous shows. I love how proud he is of this kid. Yeah. So if you get a chance to watch that one, she she kills it. She's yeah. awesome. Anyway. Yay! Okay. okay. We're done. <laughs> That's been a good week. <laughs> Real quick, uh... Uh, Joker's Wild points out in the chat room, uh, 1979, the first Happy Meal was sold. Oh, yeah. What do you mean, oh, yeah? That's a fucking important thing. No, but I always think that was more of an 80s thing. But, uh, yeah, love the Happy Meal. <laughs> uh, even, though, even though I purposely try not to buy the Happy Meal for the boys, because it just, it's another toy that they're not going to play with. Anyway. Oh, oh yeah. They've Yes. Uh, back when they were cool toys, that was different. Uh, Jennifer, do you have a pick or pan for the week? Um, yeah, I got to, I went to visit a friend last weekend in Fort Worth and I got to see The Lion King, like the Broadway touring version of it, and it was amazing. Awesome. They, like the talent was great, but if you've never seen it, the, the puppets that they use are just incredible and, and, they have a giant elephant, you know, that takes like four or five people and then, um, giraffes, like people on stilts in a giraffe costume. And it's, it's just beautiful, um, and mind blowing how they do it all. And, uh, yeah, it was just really, really one of the best shows I've seen. So, um, yeah, that was me. If you go to the Festival of the Lion King at the Hong Kong Disneyland, they take a lot of their inspiration from the actual Broadway play, and they use a lot of like the puppetry, and so it's really pretty. I believe it. Yeah, I may or may not have watched YouTube video of it. I can't. Imagine. I was very skeptical, like going in. I mean, I was excited, but I was like, "How am I gonna do an all animal show on?" You know, I, mean, I remember the taking the exact same thing. It was on Broadway, so 
Yeah, but I mean, they did a great job and beautiful. You know, there's some things you just have to use your imagination with, but for the most part, it was, you know. That's awesome. Very artistic. Yeah, I remember them announcing that and me thinking, how are they going to do that on Broadway? <laughs> it's it's going to be like, they it's do more weird. But. I mean, <laughs> though they do a fucking beautiful job with an all animal cast the fucking mermaids good god almighty <laughs> also this wasn't cats okay <laughs> like fucking cats the musical me too girl fucking hate that show and of course it's coming to austin so i have two tickets for it i gotta get rid of because i'm not going to see that shit again get really high and go see that that might be fun Canada in october Yep. Hey, Jay, do you have a picker pan for the week? Uh, yeah, um, I actually just picked up a couple movies and they weren't too bad. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising and, I haven't seen uh, it yet. uh, Tomb, Tomb Raider. How was Tomb Raider? It, um, was pretty decent. I mean, especially to, you know, being a, a video game movie, it was, much better than the, uh, the, uh, whatever her name was, Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie, yeah. It's yeah, based much, much better than that. Yeah, that's what I'd heard. It was based on the new game. Yeah, it's her, her origin story and everything, what got her started and to be in Laura Croft as we know her. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that one's popped up on the on the whole uh, on the Apple TV, and I've been like, I don't know about that one. It's a video game movie, <laughs> even though two over from it is Rampage, and I'm like, ah, I still kind of want to see that. Oh, uh, we watched uh, it. How, okay, yeah. so should I just avoid it, or should I just be like, nope, this is a popcorn movie. Just have fun. If you want to zone out, popcorn movie just for entertainment value, go ahead. And not exclusive. Oh. Yeah, it's there's too many other things to yeah watch mind with. <laughs> Oh, your time with. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that brings me to my picture. Uh, apparently, she likes that. Um. Went and saw Deadpool two. If you like the first one, you're gonna like the second one. Family uh, movie. Do what? It's a family movie. It's a family movie. Um. The after credit scenes were phenomenal. That's all I have to say. Um, all like four or five of them. So stay for all of them. Yes. Um, you're welcome, Canada. You're welcome, Canada. <laughs> uh, I also went and saw Jurassic World. It was okay. It's not great. It's not as good as Jura- It's not as good as the first Jurassic World. Like I liked that. You know, I liked technically fours. I guess what you'd call it. Um, I like Jurassic World. This one was okay. I like where it ended though. If you've seen the movie, um. Where it ended, and from what they've said for the next movie, gives me hope. Because they've already said the next movie is not going to have any um, hybrid dinosaurs. We're going back to quote-unquote you know, OG dinosaurs. So I'm like, okay, I, from the way it ended and that seeing that, I'm good. Uh, and then the last thing I have to, um, I have to, I have to put on there for a pick is um, uh, Christy's friend Chad uh, has been visiting with us uh, the last couple of nights. And uh, he had never seen the first uh, season of Nailed It. <laughs> and uh, the second season came out. So we started watching that with him. Yeah. The second episode of the second season may be the, and when I say the worst episode, I don't mean like it, 
the people have no fucking clue on that, that episode. They had no, absolutely zero clue what the hell they were doing. And it was so damn funny. Um, but yeah, if you've never seen Nailed It on, on Netflix, go check it out. It is funny as hell. One of the so, queer guys were on this season, right? Yeah, they had a they had a little short kind of mini episode at the very end. So, which by the way, Christy and I started watching the second season of Queer Eye today, too. And yeah, that's cried yet because I cried a lot. Uh, yeah, I can I can see why. Yeah. Um, that is our that is our episode for the week, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. Uh, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can also find us on the social media at epicallygeeky. That would be on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, where can, oh, oh, real quick before I go around, uh, for everyone else. So as this week, as you know, we did, uh, 70s stuff. Our next episode, we're going to move to, uh, a decade where most of us probably aren't going to have to do a ton of research because that was our decade, the 80s. Um, 80, do your research. Blaney is going to have to do some more. I just come along on a delightful trip down memory lane with you fools. How about that? That would work too. Um, so yeah, the next episode, we're going to move on to the eighties. Oh. Uh, so where can we find you on the internet, Ray? Uh, Lake life artist on uh, Instagram and then obviously here or marginal. Geeky. Where can we find you, Chris? Um, here, marginally geeky. Uh, and on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. Lainey, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's a Lainey Bird. You can also find me over at Epic Rhythm and Brews. And stay tuned because we have um, some cool stuff in the works. We're coming back with some changes. So it should be pretty good stuff. All righty. Uh, Jay, where can we find you online? Uh, uh, really just Instagram, oh. 1JRed. That's <laughs> Sorry, Jenna. I said Jay. Uh, I thought you said Jenny, and I was like, okay, I guess. Right? I don't. Yeah, I don't normally call you Jenny. That would be weird. Oh, uh, I know some people do though. So I thought, you know, sorry, Jay, didn't mean to. It's all good. <laughs> Jen, where can we find you online? Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Het's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. And if I did call you Jenny, I would do Jenny. But anyway, uh. <laughs> And you can follow my individual, one. you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 